so welcome to this special edition of the Listen Here podcast. I'm here today, you'll, you'll probably hear in the background, on a not particularly lovely May day. Uh, it's at the moment pattering with rain and let's hope it doesn't get too much um, heavier than that. So I'm here in um, my local woodland with Mike Pryor from Culture Declares Emergency in Co-Please. Hi Mike. Hi, yep. Hi, welcome. Thanks, thanks for coming along on this soggy morning. No, thanks for inviting me. Really yep. happy to be here. So, and um, the reason we're here is um, because there's an event coming up well, internationally, I think, for yeah. Culture Declares. And Mike, you have a, a role to play in, in what we're doing in Kirkies. Yes, the, the international event is organised by a lady called Emma Tom Thomas and it's called With Nature 2020. Right. But I'm an activist with Culture Declares Emergency, which is also a global organisation, but we're active locally here in Kirklees with a group of arts and culture organisations and individuals. Can you just say, Mike, a little bit about what Culture Declares Emergency is for those yeah. that don't know? Yeah, so Culture Declares Emergency um, started in the spring, um, late winter spring of 2019 with a campaign called Letters to the Earth and we got involved locally by organising a, a reading of Letters to the Earth um, by, by people from across the world at the Ukrainian club in Huddersfield Amazing. in the April of 2019. And that started me thinking we could get arts and culture people together locally and create a local hub or a network of this global movement. So, so that's what we did. And that's how I came to it. I signed up for yes. Culture. So, and it's yeah. about um, cultural organisation declaring emergency in general terms, is it? In terms it's, of it's specifically climate and ecological climate. emergency. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the, the, the kind of goals of the organisation are to, first of all, tell the truth about it, mm -hmm. to take action and to do that by seeking justice. So it's quite quite laudable goals, yeah. and those principles, you know, hang hang throughout everything that the organisation and its local networks do. Yeah. So before we kick off into further discussion about um, about that work, Mike, I just I'm going to invite you to mm -hmm. do um, something that I invite all my podcast interviewees. I'd like you to to tell us a story about a tree that has some meaning in your life, and this is the first time that I've done this whilst we've been stood amongst beautiful broadleaf trees in, in full leaf, sadly in the rain, but uh, so yeah, it feels like a really special thing to do this morning, so yeah, have you, have you got yeah. a story for us Mike? Well I didn't know where this interview was going to take place, but I can see that we're standing underneath sycamore, Yeah. and the tree that I'm going to talk about is a young sycamore oh, tree, and wow. um, it was in my infant school in a small in industrial town in North Manchester called Haywood, um, there was the infant school had a playground and on the edge of the playground was this single sycamore tree and when you're there for three years it becomes quite a sort of symbolic little tree this yeah. because of all the helicopter seeds and people climbing in it when they shouldn't be and so on so it was sort of whetted my appetite for finding trees and and getting involved in in natural in the na in natural world um, I think beyond that there was another tree outside where I lived in Haywood yeah. um, that we all used to climb. I think it was probably a lime tree, although it's hard to think back to what exactly it was. 
but we used to make a tree house in there as well. So individual trees stood for a lot when I was younger. Less so now. I think now it's hard to think of one individual tree. I, I tend to think of woodland yeah. Yeah. rather than individual trees. I think maybe because as a kid you have that really intimate relationship. I mean, climbing a tree, I so, think so. You, it's really intimate, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. So I'm pleased to report as well in these woods I do still see um, evidence of people making tree houses and rope swings and all those things. So I think there's, there's, a, there's a kind of almost feels like a bit of a mythology that kids don't play out in the woods anymore and I think it's probably true to an extent but it, it does still happen. I don't think we should demonise children and, yeah. and parents too much. Um, yeah, so it's something I love to see. So thank, thanks for that Mike. Um, so just, yeah, returning back to um, the Culture Declares project, there's a, a big event happening this weekend that you've already mentioned. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, I think, I mean I should say that we're not, it's not actively Culture Declares project. Culture Declares Emergency through me and others are involved in it, but it's a collaborative project. So primarily involving the Children's Art School, Home Firth, okay. Kirtley's um, Museums and Galleries, and we've got the Yorkshire Wildlife Trust at Stirley Farm as primary kind of actors in this big initiative. And we've got Dave Young, who's also helping us very much with the um, public artwork installation. So this is, it's a With Nature 2020 um, global event on the 22nd of May, which is the International Day for Biological Diversity. And what we're going to do is, well, just to explain how we did this, we, we looked at the endangered species and we chose bird species. And we asked Huddersfield Bird Watchers Club if they could pick five species off the red list. So this is the Birds of Conservation Concern, the British Trust for Ornithology's yeah. red list. Okay. And we picked five, they picked five birds for us. The Ringoozle, the Cuckoo, the Twite, um, the Curlew and the Yellowhammer. And then what happened then was we asked another friend who's involved with Culture Declares Emergency, Rob Cowan, he's a writer um, from Harrogate, and he came and chose one of the children's art school paintings. So they painted lots of these, these birds, and Rob picked two pictures by two of the young artists from the children's art school. And then what, what Dave Young did was turn that into a working drawing that we could display as a 20 metre by 20 metre artwork this coming Saturday on the on the day of global biodiversity um, and that's going to be filmed from the sky we can't we can't do it as a public event because of the Covid restrictions but as a closed event we'll be filming it and just explaining a little bit about the cuckoo and about the other species that are endangered and there are other groups all over the world doing this on the yeah, same exactly. day, aren't they? Making these amazing beautiful yeah. pictures. So um, in the information, wherever you find this podcast listener, you will find information with links about how to see this artwork and others that have been made as, as part of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm really pleased to, you know, to find out more and to be able to talk to you a little bit about it. And it's been really interesting for me, Mike, because it, it prompted me to find out a bit more about cuckoos. Yeah. So for for people who don't know, the cuckoo is the the bird that it's sort of well known for uh, putting its eggs in another bird's nest and then abandoning the eggs and the, the other bird rears its chicks. Um, so although it has that kind of 
amazing sound that we all really love. I think a lot of people have also a bit of discomfort about some of the behaviours of cuckoos. But I've, I've done a bit of research, found out a bit more about them, and oh, it's just really, really fascinating. So I, I should have got a piece of paper that might pick up a few more of the sounds of the raindrops. I'll do my best to be quiet. But I didn't want to forget anything. I found out so much stuff. So the first thing that happens is that when the host bird is away, the female cuckoo strikes and she comes in really silently. It takes her 10 seconds mm -hmm. to eat one of the eggs that are already there and replace it with one of her own. So and then she's off. That's it. That's all her parenting done. And she can do that up to 25 times in a year, in a, in a season. So that's in itself seems quite amazing to me. Yeah. And they have a sort of favourite host, so they'll lay eggs that are the same colour as the, the bird that they're um, sort of predating. The dunnocks, meadow puppets and reed warblers are, are really common victims in the UK. And the thing that I found really fascinating is that she gives this kind of chuckle call as she leaves the nest. She makes this kind of laughing sound and it actually sounds a little bit like a bird of prey. So if the parent bird was going to be alarmed by anything, it would be kind of alarmed by the sound of a bird of prey rather than feeling threatened that there might have been a cuckoo near her nest. Um, which is just astonishing to me. So these cuckoo eggs, they then hatch and that, that baby cuckoo will hatch a little bit earlier than the, the other eggs in the nest because it was um, already in sort of a bit more of a, um, you know, further developed embryo in the egg when it was laid. So they hatch first and then they push out all the other eggs, like within hours of being born, even chicks, so that they're the only chick in the nest. They are fed for about three weeks and then eventually they make the flight back to the Congo on their own, their parents aren't there to show them the way. Incredible, so it's really absolutely incredible. Mind boggling, isn't it? Yeah. So, but obviously you've already mentioned the fact that cuckoos are at risk in England. Yeah. yeah. Um, and both you and I have just had a conversation. We've both been in Scotland recently and they seem to be thriving. I was like, this doesn't sound to me like an endangered bird. The sound of the cuckoo is bouncing all across the sides of the valley. So that tweaked my interest a little bit. Um, so I did a, a little bit of reading around that. And what I've discovered is we now think that it's because of the migration routes. So the birds um, in the summer are found in Scotland. They migrate back to the Congo via Italy. So in Italy, there's plenty of food and they get plenty of strength from that to make the flight. I think the flight actually across the desert, they fly for something like two and a half days solidly without stopping. Yeah. Those nice. yeah. So they need to really fatten up on the route. Yeah. The birds from England migrate um, via Spain and because of climate change, because of the things we've already been discussing, um, the hot, dry weather in Spain has been meaning that there's less insects and caterpillars for them to feed on and they're just not strong enough, they don't make the flight. So that's where the yeah. real risk to the cuckoo is. Yeah. And we all have a part to play, don't we, in, in climate change? Yeah. In, in, you know, yeah, doing yeah, our exactly. bit to support that. Yeah, I think I think you, what you've explained there, Rachel, is is really what with Nature Twenty Twenty is all about. Because it's about local species, whatever mammals, reptiles, 
fish, plants, and getting a better understanding of what makes them tick and how they've evolved. I think it's absolutely fascinating with the cuckoo that they, they, their eggs, although the cuckoo can be like five times the size of these uh, host species of bird, they lay an egg that, that's a, not only similar in size to the host species, but similar in colour. And they go for sort of like reed warbler. The reed warbler cuckoos will lay an, an egg that's similar to the reed warbler's egg, just so it's not rejected. And I think they're 80% successful in mimicking the... And how does that evolve? How does that evolution take place? How does that egg colour transmit through the cuckoo's eyes to become... It's just a fascinating... And what I'm hoping, and I think the whole project with With Nature 2020, is hoping that young people, like from the Children's Art School and across our Biennale in Kirtley's, we'll get an, an interest as you have and as I have in birds like the cuckoo and turn that into, you know, understanding what's the truth of what's happening to them and seeing what, what can be done. And whether that's through political action or whether it's through local um, conservation action yeah. is up to individuals, isn't it? I mean, I've chosen more recently in, in my life because I can, I'm not working anymore, to be more active and be more politically active about about this because I think systemic change is really what's needed but I think you don't do that without a full understanding as an individual about how you impact the world. Yeah and I think you're right it's, it's it all comes from your interest being sparked in yeah. some way by something that feels perhaps quite small like the story of one type of bird yeah. or the yeah. sycamore tree in the playground exactly. that you loved or yeah. you know that so but to my mind that's where culture really you know the, the kind of arts and culture um sector really has a role to play because that's what we're brilliant at is yeah. telling stories and sparking the imagination i agree so uh yeah i think that's what's got me so involved with culture declares emergency is the idea of arts and culture culture in its widest sense being able to address this issue in a different way the issue being climate and ecological emergency and i also think that the the way that the stories are told can be different depending on the situation. And there's a lot of work being done by Climate Outreach, the organisation, on how to get these messages, these difficult messages, across to young people or across to people in, more in the conservative political camp. The different ways of messaging, and we don't all respond in a similar way, That's do we? That's right, exactly right. So, well, we'd, we came out in the woods today really with the kind of I think we were all secretly hoping that we might hear a cuckoo um, I have to tell you that when I very first arrived I was the first one on site I did hear one so they are here yeah. which is great news fantastic um, I don't think I don't, know, I don't think we're going to manage to record the no. sound of one today no um, but perhaps there is a, a certain poetic beauty in listening to the absence of the cuckoo yeah. Um, for this event and we're really lucky I'm, I'm being helped out with my Listen Here podcast today by um, Jo Kennedy who's a, a sound artist and um, she's made a little recording of the woods um, so you can have a little listen to that at the end of the podcast and pick up the, the ambience of, of uh, the, the woodland in West Yorkshire on uh, 17th of May um, 
Yeah, and just to say thank you so much. We've just actually been joined by a long-tailed tit right above your head, Mike. I think it's sheltering from the rain under these nice wide oh, yeah. sycamore leaves. <laughs> so we usually see them in a, a family, in a flock, don't we? Yeah, there'll be, there'll be, there'll be more to follow. And chiff-chaff in the background. So, but yeah, I think the long-tailed tit has um, probably got the right idea. It's, it's under an umbrella of a sycamore leaf, and I, I feel like we should probably get under some shelter as well. We're all looking a bit soggy. So thanks so much. No, it's uh, been a pleasure. For thanks us. for inviting me. And yeah, all the best for um, the the big art, the big cuckoo picture yeah. um, at the weekend. And yeah. yeah, listener, do check out all the links. Yeah, um, and, and have a look at that. It'll be live streamed on YouTube um, across across the world, and there'll be recordings of it. Radio, a radio interview, I think. Chloe Williams and I are doing a radio interview for the BBC World Service. Excellent. So we'll let you know well where they are. Yeah, yeah. great, great stuff. Okay. Great. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Thank you. So I really hope you've enjoyed that interview with Mike Pryor from Culture Declares. And here's a few moments now of birdsong from the woodland that Joe Kennedy, sound artist, uh, managed to capture for us before the heavens opened. <laughs>